Taiwan has reported its first two local cases of the BA5 Omicron subvariant. The source is a family of three who returned to Taiwan from the U.S. on June 19th. They were picked up by two family members, and all five later tested positive for the strain. Let's get the details from the CECC. From pickup to drop-off, all five family members wore masks the entire time. The car windows were closed for the whole drive from Taoyuan to Taichung, so ventilation was poor, but nobody removed their mask to eat or drink. The index case had no physical contact with the other family members. At present, our thinking is, it's a long drive from Taoyuan to Taichung. During the trip, because of the shared car, transmission could have occurred. The two family members had each received three vaccine doses. They had each gotten two AstraZeneca shots and one Moderna. Their most recent shots were administered in mid-February and late January, five or six months ago. All five cases are asymptomatic or mild. None is a moderate or severe case. Authorities say the two local cases posed no risk to the community. They had largely remained home during their most infectious period. Only one close contact requiring home isolation was identified, and this contact ultimately tested negative. Parents of young children may want to get some lollipops ready. A delivery of COVID vaccines for kids under six years old arrived at the Taoyuan airport on Wednesday, and they could be administered sometime this month. The shipment also came with a reminder that toddlers under two should receive their injections not in the arm, but in the thigh. A China Airlines plane touches down, carrying Taiwan's first batch of Moderna vaccines for young children. The 450,000 doses, which arrived Wednesday morning, are specially formulated for recipients aged six months to five years. The doses are enough for 900,000 injections, which may be administered as early as the 21st of this month. In a change from its recommendation for school-age students, the CECC says that infants under two should receive their shots in the anterolateral thigh. In children over two years old, because the deltoid muscle of the upper arm is relatively thick, we can give intramuscular injections there. But for those aged two or under, the deltoid muscle is still relatively thin, so we're wary of intramuscular injections because it's easier to go too deep and hit the bone. And as for injections in the buttocks, they can sometimes injure the sciatic nerve. The CECC says that in the event of side effects, including a fever lasting more than 48 hours, breathing difficulties, wheezing, dizziness, a rapid heartbeat, and a full body rash, medical attention should be sought immediately. For kids aged six months to five years old, one main side effect is an acute allergic reaction immediately after getting the shot. Another is redness, swelling, and soreness around the injection site. A third is myocarditis, which is of course of greater concern. Myocarditis typically emerges within a week, though the chance of it occurring in young children is much lower than it is for teenagers. With the arrival of the new vaccine, Taiwan is nearing its goal of making vaccines available for all age groups. Meanwhile, the wait continues for the vaccination coverage rate to increase further and for normalcy to return. Taiwan's inflation rate reached a near 14-year high in June. According to the latest government figures, the consumer price index rose 3.59 percent last month year-on-year. Let's hear from the statistics agency. 
If the summer electricity rate hike had been implemented last June, the CPI increase this year would not have been 3.597%, but rather only about 3.3%. If the weather is normal and vegetable prices don't rise any further, the CPI rise in July will be lower than the 3.59% in June, but it will still be higher than 3%. Of all consumer prices, those for food rose the most, increasing by 7.27%. Egg prices were up nearly 30% compared to a year ago, while the cost of eating out was 7% higher. The government expects inflation to peak in the third quarter before making a steady decline. We now move to Taidong, where the Zhihang Air Base held an open house to showcase its Brave Eagle jet trainers. Reporters were given a close-up look at the new trainer model and its advanced capabilities. There are four Brave Eagles stationed at the Taidong base and the first of 66 to be delivered by 2026. The Brave Eagle will replace Taiwan's aging fleet of 83s and F-5s to become the country's main trainer aircraft. The roar of jet engines pierces the sky as two of Taiwan's latest trainer aircraft, the Brave Eagle, make a public appearance. A trainer glides over the runway at low altitude before pulling up sharply and heading to the waters east of Taiwan for a training drill. Over the years, Taiwan's AT-3 and F-5E trainers have become increasingly obsolete, creating an urgent need for modern jet trainers. Enter the Brave Eagles, the first of which were delivered last year. Four are currently stationed at Taidong's Zhihang Air Base for training missions. The Brave Eagle will gradually replace Taiwan's aging trainer fleet. When asked to compare the old and new models, instructors agree that the new ones are better for training. There are lots of projections to cross-check and procedures to review. I usually average one to two inspections per flight, but on the Brave Eagle, I can run three to four. The Brave Eagle closely simulates the flight experience of the IDF, meeting the performance requirements of air-to-air -air and air-to-ground training. It has a lot of support features for dealing with landing distances. We'll follow the training procedures step by step to help our pilots in training master this aircraft to facilitate the upgrade of the fleet. The cockpit configuration of the Brave Eagle is roughly the same as that for the domestic IDF. Pilots trained on the Brave Eagle will be better able to navigate the domestic fighter. The Brave Eagle is also equipped with a digital flight control system, which allows precise gear control at the touch of a button. The Brave Eagle offers better handling, and it can support training that's more relevant to newer generation fighter jets. Not only that, 55% of its components are produced in Taiwan. So besides improving the quality of flight training, this aircraft is an important milestone in domestic defense manufacturing. Following the delivery of more Brave Eagles in the future, the aircraft is set to become Taiwan's main jet trainer. With the pandemic slowly easing, department stores are eager to welcome back tourists. A department store in Taipei has organized a French-themed summer camp on its 89th floor. The camp offers fun activities for both children and the young at heart, including storytelling in French, French movie screenings, and a drawing competition that ends on August 14th. Our very own Stephanie Yang has more. 
after signing up, you can come on the 89th floor and draw. Painters render the beautiful landscape of Taipei from the 89th floor. Looking out, painters can observe the northern parts of the city, Datun Mountain, Yangmingshan, Songshan, Neihu District, and more. This is a painting competition organized by a department store in Taipei. The winner gets a prize of 20,000 NT. We've all been going through this epidemic over the past two years. Without tourists, we've been reevaluating the observatory's role as a landmark. What kind of experience should we be giving to visitors? We think it's still all about the experience. Over the short period of time, we've updated the content of the observatory. We've added a new experience, a secret realm in the clouds. And we brought in the best cafe as well as special egg cakes. We're also holding our first whimsical drawing competition in the clouds. The activities on offer include movie screenings and French picture book story time sessions with staff from the Alliance Francaise. On Friday and Saturday afternoons from 5.30 to 6.30, we will hold free screenings of cartoons from Europe and France. There will also be activities based on French stories. Children can play games and a big sister will come to tell stories. Teachers from the Alliance Francaise will teach simple French. Visitors can also enjoy coffee and try out German-style sandwiches and various French cakes. We call it a French summer camp. In July, some border restrictions will be lifted and there will be celebrations such as Bastille Day. At the observatory, we've built a secret garden in the clouds. Here, you can enjoy good specialty coffee, award-winning coffee from Germany. With the world slowly opening up, this department store is eager to welcome more tourists. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. Turning now to the year-end local elections. With just four months to go before the vote, the DPP has locked in its candidates for four more commissioner and mayoral races. The nominees were announced by President Tsai Ing-wen, who is also the party's chairwoman. Presidential office spokeswoman Kolas Yotaka will run for Hualien County Commissioner, while legislator Liu Zhaohao will contest the post in Taidong County. Legislator Huang Xiufang will run in Zhanghua County. Li Junyi, the deputy secretary general to the president, is the party's pick for Jiayi City Mayor. The DPP now has nominees for 16 of Taiwan's 22 counties and cities. Now, one of the places where the DPP is having a much harder time to pick its mayoral candidates is Greater Taipei. Former Transportation Minister Lin Jialong has made clear that he wants to run in Taipei City. But top party officials have other plans for him. Earlier this week, President Tsai and other officials had a private meeting with Lin where they tried to persuade him to run for mayor in new Taipei. As for the race in the capital, sources say Tsai is still hoping to bring on her former vice president, Chen Jianren. Former Vice President Chen Jianren attended a meeting of Academia Sinica researchers early Wednesday. When asked about the upcoming election, he was reluctant to be drawn. Rumors are swirling about his possible run for mayor in Taipei or New Taipei. But Chen Jianren himself has kept a low profile and made no signs of an intent to run. Media attention has also focused on former transport chief Lin Jialong, who met with President Tsai Ing-wen twice in two days this week. Uh, 
Lin is seeking the DPP nomination for the Taipei mayoral race, but top party brass wants him for New Taipei. According to sources with knowledge of the matter, President Tsai had asked Lin about running in New Taipei late last year, and Lin had declined outright, while also refusing to run in Taichung City. In late April, Lin and his wife were hosted at the president's residence, where Lin reiterated his position. Then this Monday and again on Tuesday, Tsai pressed Lin once again, but was unable to persuade him. During the two meetings this week, Tsai was joined by Lin Xiao and Zhou Wenchan, members of the DPP's election committee. They told Lin that if he ran in New Taipei, he'd get a chance to realize his 12 campaign proposals for Taipei by launching them first in a neighboring city. They said if he ran against incumbent Ho Yi, he would elevate his national profile. They said that President Tsai herself, Legislative Speaker Yo Shi Kun, and Premier Su Jin Chang had all run for mayor in New Taipei, but their arguments had no effect, and Lin still refused the nomination. Lin Jialong doesn't like to do things without preparation. All this time, he has been preparing to run in Taipei City. As far as New Taipei is concerned, once the party finalizes a good candidate, we'll fully support that candidate. So far, Lin's ambitions in Taipei have not gained traction with Pan Green supporters. His social media has been flooded with criticism. In a recent post, he defended himself against charges that he was tearing apart the DPP. He said he only wanted to provide a new option for his party and the people of Taipei. He said that if the party decided to nominate Health Minister Chen Shizhong for Taipei, he'd give the minister's campaign his full support. Chen Shizhong is indeed the most discussed and most widely expected candidate for Taipei City. However, given the disease prevention work of his team and his strong sense of duty, the question is whether he can devote himself to a mayoral campaign. Of course, that is a rather complicated and difficult decision. In New Taipei, the question is whether Lin Jialong will step forward. He is quite a competitive candidate. With Chen Shizhong, Lin Jialong and Chen Jianren in the mix, the DPP has a challenge ahead as it finalizes its strategy for Greater Taipei. The Xueshan Tunnel just got a surprising upgrade. The safety announcements over the tunnel's PA system now comes to you from preschool. If you are tempted to cut corners or break traffic rules, you won't when it's a four-year-old telling you what to do. Officials already tested the scheme on the new and improved Suhua Highway. They say it's a winner. Experts hope the surprising recordings will wake drivers up, alleviate the boredom of the drive, and help keep everyone safe. Cars driving through Xueshan Tunnel are treated to a safety notice that sounds like it comes from a preschool. Yes, this adorable announcement, reminding drivers to keep a safe distance from the car in front of them, has been newly recorded by a class of preschool students. Kids don earphones to enter the recording studio and practice their lines with gusto. The Directorate General of Highways worked with the Yilan County government to produce the recordings. Shueshan Tunnel is now Taiwan's first baby voice highway. The idea was given a trial run in the tunnel of the improved Suhua Highway last year. The trial was a success, and now the recordings are in permanent use at Shueshan. There will always be more cases of drivers getting fatigued in longer tunnels. These baby voices 
devices can provide a bit of novelty and create a fresh experience within the tunnel, which can help us stay more energized. When children talk, it's usually a bit more mumbled, so you have to really listen carefully. If they really want children to make the announcement, then the first time it can be a child, but the second time should be an adult. The recordings of children's announcements can be heard both in Xueshan Tunnel and on the improved Suhua Highway. There are three different versions in rotation. Officials hope the childish voices will provide a little variation on long drives, giving drivers mood a lift and encouraging everyone to drive safely. Turning now to the world of art, an artist from Turkey has created a dazzling new audiovisual take on Taiwan. The immersive performance explores the aesthetics of artificial intelligence, soundscapes of Taiwan's oceans, and live music from Taipei Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra provide data for mesmerizing light shows. And there's even a five senses tour of Taiwan's rural landscape. Lights flicker, reflecting the highs and lows of the ocean sounds reverberating through space. In another room, we visit the stepped fields of Taiwan's tea growers, and the scent of tea leaves drifts in. You can take a sip of Taiwan oolong to complete this immersive tour of the five senses. The Taipei Philharmonic is playing a Taiwanese folk tune. All around, the brainwaves of the musicians have been turned into visual representations so the audience can see as well as hear what's happening for the performers as they play. The installation, designed by a Turkish artist, uses artificial intelligence and algorithms to create this visual sculpture. Lots of guests try to take home a unique shot. It's very cutting-edge AI technology. It has a lot of potential uses in Taiwanese media. For this artist to come to Taiwan from abroad, I believe it will have a massive impact on lots of our friends in Taiwan, working in AI media. As well as the whole environment, the music is a great fit too. I heard they asked the Philharmonic to do Looking to the Spring Wind. I think it's really impressive. For this installation in Taiwan, the artist specially used data about Taiwan's oceans and air quality to create these digital landscapes. The artist also used information collected by NASA telescopes and these semicircular sculptures to represent theories from particle physics. Visitors can take a virtual trip through the galaxy. Lovers of traditional fine art can enjoy the self-portraits of Vincent van Gogh combined with more high-tech elements. I'm in technology and I work with AI, so for us it's just a pure number, but it can turn into such a colourful show. And with all the special lighting effects and the sounds, the music, I think it's quite an interesting way to revitalise people's cold impressions of AI. All our work has been created using big data. The images have been created through the thinking and the logic of AI and machine learning. To some, AI might just be a bunch of numbers, but for this artist, that's just the beginning. This immersive extravaganza shows how vibrant, tactile and spellbinding data can be. July and August is pear season in Taiwan. Taipei City's double-decker restaurant bus is now serving Michelin-starred Cantonese meals and giving out free pears from Taichung's Dongshi district. In addition, a car rental company is working with the Taichung district to offer agricultural tours starring 
pairs. Our reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. If you eat on the Taipei restaurant bus, you can receive complimentary pairs. In collaboration with a five-star hotel in Taipei, the Taipei city government is bringing Michelin-starred Cantonese meals to its sightseeing bus service. The bus will also be giving out pairs from Taichung's Dongshi district. From July 15th to August 14th, if two people ride the bus together, they will receive a free box of pairs. Patrons in Taipei can enjoy fresh products from our farms. If they have time, they can also come by our recreational facilities for our farming experience to pick pears and to stay at our villas. We're promising our countryside eco-trips. July and August are our harvest season. In addition, there will be weekly tours in Dongshi from July 15th to August 6th. Visitors can join day trips or two-day tours. We start our tours on July 15th, mainly to coincide with the pears harvest season. For about 20 days, the pears will be most ripe. We will offer one-day tours every day. Each group will be limited to 20 or so people because they'll be going to pick pears on mountains. Therefore, we will be using our largest vehicles. There are about 20 seats. We will also offer two-day itineraries, which should be popular among families and those who want to pick fruit. The global tourism industry has indeed been hit by the epidemic in recent years. In Taiwan, agriculture tourism has felt the impact. In the first year of the epidemic, average revenue declined by at least 10 percent. In the second year, the drop was at least 25 percent. This year, my conservative estimate is that revenue will drop by about 40 percent. But I believe that in the second half of the year, the epidemic will gradually ease. I think that our unique, in-depth agricultural tourism experiences will be very popular among foreign tourists. With the world reopening, the government hopes to boost agricultural tourism and give tourists a fresh way to see Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yan Liang Junle in Taipei.